Hey, it's Mastin. Welcome to the Mastin Kid Podcast. If you want to take your first step uh, on your trauma-informed journey, come to claimyourpowerbook.com and get my book, Claim Your Power. There are uh, a bunch of awesome free bonuses with that, including a 40-day coaching journey with me that will get you started on your trauma-informed path. Claimyourpowerbook.com. Enjoy. It's awesome. I put my heart and soul into it. And if you want to really start your journey to do your trauma work, claimyourpowerbook.com is the place to go to get my book, claim your power, and to get a bunch of free bonuses, including free coaching with me for 40 days. Please enjoy today's episode. You are listening to the Power and Purpose podcast with bestselling author and life interventionist, Mastin Kip. In today's show, Mastin chats with Julianne Cairns, managing director to the Australian company Trading Pursuits and the author of The Abundance Code, How to Bust the Seven Money Myths for a Rich Life Now. She also directed the recent documentary of the same name. They discussed Julianne's backstory of early family wealth to bankruptcy to an advanced nine-year degree in financial markets. From there, they examined Julie's realization that her life was following the patterns of her past, sabotage and all, and took the important next step of asking why. Julie's life mission is to empower people to live an abundant life free from false beliefs. You are going to love this episode. To get access to the entire conversation, visit mastinkip.com forward slash one nine. Hello and welcome to the Power and Purpose podcast. I am your host, Mastin Kip, and so thrilled to introduce you to a friend of mine today who I know you are going to fall in love with. Let me introduce you to her and then we'll bring her right on. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Her name is Julianne Cairns. And she is the managing director of Trading Pursuits, which is a financial markets education company based in Sydney, Australia. And she's also the author of the top-selling Hay House book. And I love Hay House. They're my publisher, and they're Julie's publisher. And so anyway, they published her book called The Abundance Code, which is a top-selling book. And it's how to bust the seven money myths for a rich life now. And she's the director of the documentary of the same name, The Abundance Code, which is a film that over 73,000 people watched during its 10-day online launch and screening recently. And she's had over 25 years of experience in financial markets education, creating wealth, running entrepreneurial businesses, and she is uniquely qualified to help people accelerate their journey to abundance and get this, through practical tips and powerful mindset enhancements. So Julie, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Mastin. So good to be here. Yeah, I'm so thrilled. (laughs) I'm so thrilled. You know, um, if you're meeting Julie for the first time, just she's going to blow your heart wide open. We met about, I think, two-ish years ago. And we are in um, a group together called the Jeff Walker Mastermind. And Jeff's been on the podcast and he's just a great guy, great internet marketer and just a great teacher. And uh, Julie is in that group as well. And when I, when I met Julie, I was just like, you know, I'm, I'm attracted to people with heart. And I kind of just grabbed her and we, and we started talking and we've just sort of been talking ever since. And ever since your book came out, Julie, you know, just really kind of coming in that Hay House direction, it's just been really amazing to see you know, all the response that's come out to the film, for the book. But my question for you is, how the heck do you go from something like financial markets, which sounds like something that you would watch at like six o'clock in the right. evening on a show where there's yeah. like no consciousness, you know, to like publishing with Hay House. Like, I got to understand this process, you know, right. it's just like, it fascinates me. 
Well, it was a big ride for me because like for many years, I was really, really focused on, you know, that left brain achievement stuff. And, um, you know, I'll just give you a little bit of backstory as to why I was so focused on it. So when I was a kid, uh, I grew up, I was really fortunate to grow up in a very prosperous household. Um, my parents, by about the age of 40, had achieved all of their dreams. Wow. We were living on a beautiful lake in Canada, um, beautiful architect design house that they had built. They had airplanes, they had art, wow. they had fabulous friends and lots of parties, and they were living the high life. And I don't know what happened to them. Whatever I say happens to them would be my projection, but I suspect that they achieved all of their dreams and it didn't make them happy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then they started mm -hmm. to drink mm -hmm. and drink and drink some more. And the whole thing just completely unraveled. So when I was 11, they broke up and my dad, my parents are both Australian. My dad went back to Australia. My mom stayed in Canada. I lived with my mom. She ended up declaring bankruptcy. Wow. So I spent my my early teen years sort of from 11 till about 15 in the complete opposite of what my childhood experience had been. You know, uh, I often say it was like I I rolled the wrong dice on snakes and ladders. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> all the way down to the bottom of the socioeconomic ladder, man. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what a what a shift that is. Yeah, it was a total shift and it was kind of a bummer, you know, and I was probably wow. a pretty entitled kid. And so I really wasn't enjoying the opposite of that experience. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember when I was about 15, I decided, okay, I have experienced both sides. And at that point, like I wasn't even going to school. I think I was kind of depressed and I was just skipping school all the time. And I just had no interest in education or anything. And I, I don't know what caused me to have a little wake up, but I went, okay, I've had both sides. I think it's better to be rich. Mm -hmm. I get <laughs> um, that. Yep. Of course. So I'm going to have to figure this out for myself, right? You know, my parents are not in a position to figure this out for yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. So what should I do? And, you know, the plan that society gives you for that is go to school study really hard, get a good job, uh, work really hard, save, invest, whatever, uh, yes. buy your own home. That's the track, right? So, okay. I went, all right, I'm, I'm actually going to do that. So I started studying, going to school, <laughs> studying really hard. And when I was 16, um, I ended up moving to Australia living with my dad for a while. And the main, main uh, reason for that was because back then in Australia, university education was free. Wow. Imagine that. What? Imagine that, right? <laughs> yeah. That was not the case in Canada. I know it's not yeah. the case in the U S so yeah, certainly not the life. case here. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> so I went to Australia for that, which was a good idea. And I studied for nine years. Wow. At university. And now, I didn't know that you went to university for nine years. That is yeah. incredible. What did you study for nine years? I couldn't, I couldn't last a year and a half. I was out. Right. <laughs> I studied uh, economics, statistics, mm -hmm. mathematics, finance, 
Uh, I ended up getting a scholarship and going to Japan for a graduate degree, a master's in business administration and finance. I learned Japanese. Um, Yeah, I just studied my tail off, basically, because I was 100% focused. Okay, I'm going for this goal, and this is how I get it, right? I see. Yes, makes total sense. Okay, so then I went into financial markets and started, um, you know, being a financial market analyst, went into finance and management. Can I ask you a question real quick? Because I... I don't really know what that means. I'm sure people listening doesn't necessarily know what, so a financial market, does that mean like the economy? Does that mean the stock market? Like what were you focusing on? Well, I was basically an analyst. So I was focusing on why, why stock markets, my entire thesis was about the Japanese stock market, for example. So why, how stock markets work, how financial markets work, how currencies work. I became quite a currency expert. Um, I ended up building a currency trading model for a big merchant bank here in Australia. So, wow. but, but very mathematically focused, you know, not yes. like theoretical, just like really digging into the numbers and figuring out what makes money move around the world the way that it does. And the whole purpose of that was so that I could position myself to get as much of that money. <laughs> Bring some <laughs> over here. <laughs> That's amazing. Some people rob a bank. You went to school for nine years and like started like owning people and like like just completely dominating uh, this this whole topic and and really you know innovating on it was what it sounds like. That's really incredible. Right. And so I totally thought I was on hundred percent the right track. Right. And I'm sure I was like unbearably arrogant about it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know I knew everything there was to know about currencies and blah blah blah. Anyway. So I ended up uh, founding with my business partner a financial market education company because we realized that people, just ordinary people, wanted to know how to trade financial markets. Yes. And nobody was explaining it to them in a way that they could understand. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. It's all like, you know, economists, for, for in particular, love to use words that nobody understands. Yep. You know? And, um, yeah, I grew up in a household of, of science, scientists and, you know, my dad, both my, you know, my dad is a PhD mom masters and, you know, they would use all kinds of words and I would just bottom line it. So what you're saying is the plant <laughs> absorbs the sun and it's like food photosynthesis. And they're like, yes, you know, like, right. <laughs> let's just say yeah, the plant yeah, exactly. eats the sun, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, why can't you make it simple and understandable? No, we have to use all these complicated words. And the reason is we don't want you to be able to do our job. Right. right? Yep. So we make up all these words that you'll never understand so that totally. you won't know what we're talking about. And totally. So you'll pay us to do it for you. Yeah. Totally. So, totally. So basically we wanted to bust that. Uh, and That's teach awesome. people in very plain language. And it's not that, it's not as hard as you think. And okay, so that was my financial market education company that we still have. Now, the thing I didn't realize was that in my single minded pursuit for this goal, I had forgotten something. And, mm-hmm. you know, it started showing up in, in a weird way in my life. Like we, we made a lot of money, put that money into real estate. Ended up with a huge real estate portfolio. Really, if I'd stopped there, I could have been set for life, right? Yes. Uh, but of course, I didn't stop there. I wanted more and more and more. So uh, put money into weird things that I knew nothing about. Mm-hmm. Indian takeaway restaurants. 
Wow. And flower wow. shops. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Go figure. Like, what was I thinking? And I'll come back to what I was thinking in a minute. But basically managed to burn through a lot of that cash. Just basically, I, I could have gone into an airplane and thrown it out the window, and that would have been a lot more fun. <laughs> and altruistic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so lost a lot of the wealth, the real estate wealth that we had built up. And kind of, you know, all right, let's focus on we know, what we know. Let's focus back on the business and build the wealth up again. Um, and then 2008 hit. Yep. Yeah. Global financial crisis. We, we had borrowed money to expand the business. And, you know, all of a sudden that debt was due and no bank would refinance it and blah, blah, blah. So I was staring down the barrel of bankruptcy at that point. And... I had a bit of an epiphany and I kind of went, oh, wow, look at me. I'm about 40 at that time. I'm the same age my parents were when they had everything fall apart. And wow, this is kind of like what, that situation, you know? Wow. Like, I wonder, this little thought, I wonder if I'm recreating that. I wonder if I'm just living out the pattern Wow. I learned when I was a kid, and I think that this is how it goes. Did you just – hold on a second. Did you just, like, come up with that? Were, did you just observe that about yourself? Or yeah. were, were you in, like, a coaching relationship? Did someone point that out to you? Or did you just kind of – were so um, self-aware? I wasn't that, so self-aware, but I, I was very fortunate. Someone gave me a book, a really wonderful book written in 1963 called The Power of Your Subconscious Mind by Joseph Murphy. Yes. Excellent book. And I mean, there's lots of, lots of books on this topic. So uh, I think the power of your subconscious mind, someone had given it to me a few months earlier and I didn't really kind of absorb it, but then I guess it just something bubbled up to the surface. Hello, oh, this is an old pattern. And I wow. went, Oh, I get it. All right. Okay. So, um, if this is an old pattern, then the only place, if I don't want to keep on this roller coaster that I'd been on for years by that time, I mean, I hadn't been as close to bankruptcy as I was at that point. I hadn't been that scared. Yeah. And maybe that's why I hadn't had the epiphany before, but. Right. <laughs> I get that. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I could look back and go, I've been on this, I've been on this cycle for a long time, up and down and up and down. And, and uh, I need to get to the bottom of this because it is not fun. And it's exhausting and it's kind of stupid. So it was at that <laughs> point that I went, okay, I need to dig into my subconscious and figure out what's going on here. The other track that was happening at the same time, roughly, was that I was uh, coaching a lot of clients. So at that time in the business, if somebody did one of our courses and they didn't understand how to apply it or they were having trouble with their trading, I was the person who would help them out. So I'd get these people coming to me going, okay, I screwed this trade up and, and what should I do? And I'd say, all right, well, where did you go wrong? Let's trace it back. And after a while, I noticed that I was getting the same people kind of coming over and over again, it wouldn't be exactly the same thing that they had screwed up, but they would, I was noticing that there was sabotage going on. 
Yes. It's like, hey, you know the rules of the trading. Why do you keep doing this? Yes, totally. <laughs> right? Why do you, you do things? It's not always the same thing, but you do something to violate the, the rules of the trade and it messes up on you. And like, that's you doing that. Why are you doing that? And so I was seeing it all around me, this like we sabotage ourselves with our subconscious programs. And when I started mm -hmm. digging in with the clients and going, okay, let's not look at what you did. Let's look at why. Yes. Why you did it? What were you feeling? What was coming up for you? Were you feeling, uh, you know, afraid? And in that fear, what's that fear about? You know, and and when it when in when else in your life have you felt that fear? And we could start getting in. Wow. And started seeing real results with people having breakthroughs. Um, and so I started to realize, wow, okay. You can have, and this is the key that I came to, you can have all the desire in the world for your goal. You can have a burning desire. I had a burning desire yes. for wealth. I did not want to go back to not having wealth. And you can have all the knowledge in the world. And I had, I had spent nine years at university gathering all the knowledge I should need to create wealth and, and, and become rich. And you can take action. And I took action. You know, I started a business, all that stuff. I was trading, investing in real estate. But if you don't have an alignment of underlying beliefs, yes, then you are screwed. Amen. Amen. It does not matter what you know. It does not matter what you do. And it does not matter what you want. If you don't have that underlying belief alignment, you are completely screwed. That I mean, what's so interesting too is, I mean, that's like the core of all the work that I do uh, in my coaching and interventions and stuff like that. And what's interesting too is that, I mean, I guess I know how it turned out because you're a Hay House author now, but my hunch is when you figure that out, you started dancing in the woo-woo. <laughs> exactly. That's the shift. That was the yeah, moment. That was the that was the shift. Um, yes, and I I really had to get in touch with. I had to do a lot of healing. Mm -hmm. you know? And the great thing is, you know, um, that that healing. I was so scared about going to that place of you know examining what was going on in my childhood and going back yes. there and digging that stuff up and i did not want to do that and i'd spend many years avoiding that whatever way i could numbing smoking drinking all that stuff um but when i finally went there it was a lot less painful than i had ex than i expected totally yeah absolutely and i would imagine probably less painful than not going there in the future, like the next five years, 10 years. Yeah. In fact, isn't that kind of, do you feel like that's the way it goes? Like the pain of not going there just amps up and amps up and amps up in your life mm -hmm. until you can't not go there anymore. That's right. You know, it just, you have to. And then you go there and you're like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Totally, totally. <laughs> Was there a process that you used? Was it therapy? Did you go to a seminar? Was there a teacher that you had? Like, you know, we don't have to get too much into like what you found out unless you want to go there. 
Um, but like, like I, I, one of the things I really firmly believe is that anytime you produce a result, right. Um, we're in Jeff's mastermind together, right? So yeah. like we have a mentor, there's a structure of support there. So I'm a big believer in a mentorship, a mentorship and the structure of support in the system to produce a result, because I don't think anyone can do it alone. You had nine years of a mentor structure system to learn what you learned. You're in support now. Um, how did you, what was the mechanism? What did you go to a seminar or a program or what was, how did you do that work? Yeah, I did a lot of things. Um, and I came to understand that there's basically, okay, I did NLP. I did tapping. I'm highly trained in tapping. I'm trained in NLP. I did theta healing. I did, you know, body work. I did, I did breathe breath work. I did all kinds of stuff to just, dig in and dig up what I needed to dig up. What I, what I discovered from all that work is that basically no matter what work you do, there are three basic steps to yes. the belief change process. And tell me if you agree with this, because I know you're quite an expert on belief <laughs> change yourself. So. Um, the first step is identification. You have to identify the belief. And this is actually the most difficult step for for most people because the belief is subconscious yes underneath your conscious awareness that's right you need to kind of come at it obliquely and from a few different angles to kind of dig it up and actually make it bring it into the light of day yes okay so identification there's lots of different techniques for that identification process and then the second step is to weaken it um, you weaken it in some way. You you insert doubt. You crack the hard shell of the belief. Uh, you you make it wobbly, and there's lots of techniques for that. You know, in NLP, often we we'll use eye patterning or you know various different ways. I like to just insert actual doubt. Totally. Actually, actually look at the belief and go, okay, is this always true? Right. Is, true for everyone is it true for all time you know that's right and can i find examples where it's not true and just start to basically um i used to love debating when i was younger so just take the other <laughs> side of the totally start to argue against it and and it'll start to crack and then the third step is the overriding step okay what do i want to believe instead Yep. Now that I've cracked that belief, I'm gonna I'm gonna replace it or override it with something that is gonna be supportive of my growth. Yes. And this is, you know, often um, affirmations, hypnosis, lots of different techniques for for overriding. But what I find is when they don't work, is because you haven't done the first two steps. Right. Yeah, it's so cool that you say that because you know one of the reasons why I do what I do is that I call it spiritual entertainment, right? Where these people are spiritual bypass, both of this similar, but different spiritual entertainment is when you read, like you could read every Hay house book ever printed. Right. Yeah. Um, or if you want to say paper, download them and yeah. read them. Right. But if you don't act on it, then it's spiritual entertainment, which is probably better than most of the entertainment that's out there these days. So at least you're filling sure. your mind with positive thoughts, but you still stay stuck and frustrated. Then the next step is spiritual bypass where you think, well, I'll just focus on the good stuff. I can't look at the dark stuff because, you know, I just have to think positive thoughts. And, you know, this idea of 
affirmation, you know, doesn't really work unless you kind of do the roto rooting uh, of like what's underneath, like a bandaid over a, over a uh, infected wound doesn't really yeah. work, you know, antibiotics, you know? All right. Yeah. I love the analogy of you're just putting wallpaper on a moldy wall and that mold. Amen, sister. Going. Thank you for saying oh, this. I, I can't it. tell you like yeah. how much I agree with you. And it's like, it's the one thing that I wish was more dominant in the zeitgeist yeah. of the personal growth conversation, you know, Absolutely. because people think if they think positive thoughts, post positive quote cards on Facebook and gr- drink green juice, then they're going to be okay. But okay. like, you know, I mean, but drink nothing wrong with that stuff. But like what you're talking about, I love it because like, that's pretty much the entire crux of what you just said of like, what I do is like the roto rooter part. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's and like, without that, it is, it's, you know, you're just, you're just putting wallpaper over the moldy wall. That's I great. love that. Don't guys don't put wallpaper over a moldy wall anymore. I lo- I've never heard that before, and I love that. I'm gonna quote you on that from now on. That's amazing. Okay, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think you know we do lots of things to avoid having to go there, right? Totally. We do lots of things, and I mean, there's all those negative things that we know are bad, right? Like we we go, okay, that's I, I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't smoke and drink and do drugs and you know, avoid with all those numbing behaviors, right? What we don't see is sometimes people go, the pendulum just swings the other way. It's the same pendulum. It's just to the other side. I'm going to be a health nut. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to like, you know, work out all the time and I'm only going to drink green juice and I'm, you you know, and it's like, it's another manic manifestation of, I can't look at that stuff. Yep. And I'm doing everything I can to not look at that stuff. Yes. Amen. Okay. So I got to pause you for a second because I have a, I have a question that I'm dying to ask you. Okay. A lot of people, this is, look, I know everybody's a spiritual being having a human experience. Um, and everybody is, I will say everyone's spiritual. Everyone is a child of God. But with that said, or, and I guess that's more appropriate spiritual way to say, but, and right. And yeah. Um, and is the spiritual euphemism for, but, but I'll say, and anyway, so, so, and I, you know, when you think about certain, you know, certain jobs, you know, for example, financial markets, you know, I could see a lot of people who are in that space who would, you know, start a business, start educating people, um, want to work on stuff, but not really desire to go down the personal growth path, like what you're talking about NLP and tapping and all data, all that stuff. Like some of that stuff, I mean, it works. I love it all, but I would consider it to be far out there on the spectrum of like, you know, like you went down the rabbit hole of personal growth, you know, and why were you so open to it? Like what is, what's, what makes you different than like the average person in finance who, I mean, I don't want to, say that everybody in finance is not interested in personal growth. Obviously that's not true, but you know, you would imagine that someone who's a therapist or someone who's more in or someone who's doing something a little bit more, I guess you could say, you know, less, less technical, less about money, less about wealth. You kind of, we kind of associate that with this wall street ego, if you will. And we don't, you know, it's easy to paint a broad brush, especially with the whole occupy movement recently say like all those people are bad. All those people are greedy, but you know, you would see some, you know, I respect, you know, someone like a Bernie Sanders to do what you did. Who's anti all that stuff. But yet there you are sort of inside the establishment, Mm -hmm. you know, um, coming from a place of, of, of prosperity and privilege, like, 
why were you so open to the rabbit hole? Like, I can see lots of people not being open to the rabbit hole. Like, yeah. What was what was the thing? What like was it a knowing? Was it like did you just have like this rock bottom moment? Was there like someone really successful and rich that you respected that said you got to do NLP? Like what was it? Like how did you how did you get well, into? I all think that stuff? Um, <clears throat> again, I probably have to go back to my childhood for this uh, in a positive sense. Um, through my entire childhood, I was a competitive gymnast. So from like. The age of three, mm-hmm. I started doing gymnastics. I was competing from like, you know, the, seriously competing 20 hours a week of training, um, plus from the age of seven till about 13. Okay, so I had some serious athletic training yes. in my childhood. And what that training was about was results. Right. Yep. I didn't care about the method. Mm. Really didn't care about the method. I cared about getting that 9.5, right. <laughs> 9.8, you know, getting that, the measurement that, that meant that I was getting results. And yes. when it came to, you know, my own epiphany, I could see, I think the thing that, that, was, that was the big epiphany was whatever it is I'm doing, it's not getting me the result that I want. Right. This is not working. This roller coaster of financial wealth and gain and loss, gain and loss. That, that's not the result I was aiming for. Mm-hmm. So there's something wrong, and I need to figure out what is going to get me the results. And, okay, I went the standard method at first. You know, I went to talk therapy and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I didn't get the result. Right. What I got, and look, talk therapy, I don't want to – there are some excellent therapists out there and I don't want to bag that sphere. Well, I consider it like when you start getting into personal growth modalities, I look at it as like a buffet, right? And it's like, you're not going to go to the buffet and just get the kale. Right. You know what I mean? Like you get a little bit of kale, whatever it might be, you know? Um, So that's to me, like therapy is one of those buckets of, of a, of a multimodality approach where there's lots of things that would, it would take to produce a, you know, yeah. a holistic approach to, the, to, to healing. And something that's always been in me is like, okay, I want it, I want it fast. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and, I'm the same way. Yep. And talk therapy just was not fast. Yep. It's not that it was completely ineffective. I could see that it could work, but it was not going to be fast. So I started looking for, well, what's fast? What's going to get me these results? Really? Thank you for listening to the Power and Purpose podcast with Mastin Kip. We hope that you enjoyed today's conversation between Mastin and Julianne Cairns. This was only a sample from the interview. To get access to the entire conversation, visit mastinkip.com forward slash one nine. We have a lot more great interviews, coaching conversations, and interventions to help you learn to power your purpose here on the podcast. Subscribe to the show to make sure you have every episode as soon as it is released. Visit mastinkip.com forward slash subscribe for more. Between now and our next episode, Get out there, take action, and make it real. Hey, it's Mastin. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. And before we wrap up, if you found value in this, one of the best ways to get this trauma-informed information to the world, if that's something that you want to do and to be a part of spreading the word, I would be so very grateful if you could leave a review on Apple or Spotify podcasts so that uh, you can review this. And hopefully it's a good review, but please leave an honest review. And especially if you want to leave a five-star review, I would be super stoked on that. But of course, 
just make it honest, but my goal is to share more trauma-informed information with the world, and I need your help to spread this information and reviews matter. So if you feel called to do that, would very much appreciate it. If you got value from this episode and from this podcast, we'd very much appreciate it. And uh, thank you so much for hearing me out. And if you feel called, please leave a review on Apple or Spotify, and we'll see you in the next episode.